0: Military discipline, which I i have an opinion on that. <laughs> I mean, you can call it discipline, but it's just basically uh, someone's yelling at you, you do what they tell you. <laughs> you know, it's not self-discipline, but it is discipline. Sure. You know, I mean, uh, sure. I, I've known people who, when they spit and polish in the military, they get out and they're just slobs.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: I mean, it didn't stick because it wasn't self. But there is that following orders, doing what you're told, you know, mm-hmm. that that's there. My brother had joined the Navy, and uh, he wrote back and told me, he says, don't join the Navy. So then I joined the Marines, he, says, he said, that's not what I meant. <laughs> <laughs> you know, so anyway, and, and I wanted to, uh, I had this uh, uh, thing, I guess, in my head. I, I, I thought, well, I'm going to be in the best. I'm going to go over there. I'm going to be in the best. And of course, the Marines always say they're the best. And uh, so, and I I think I'd still say that.
2: Welcome to How I Embraced the Suck, a podcast where you get to hear from veterans what life in the military is really like. I am your host, Walt. And before we start, you should know that I do not censor the show in any way. You have been warned. Of. Most of our guests are more recent, right. so you're definitely giving us a historical historical view there. But yeah, speaking of, um, what give me kind of an overview of of your time in the military. What well, branch, where you were, et cetera.
0: Okay, I was, uh, I was in the Marine Corps, and I went in when I was 18, right out of high school. Signed up before I graduated, but they had a delay program. And uh, so I went to Marine Corps Recruit Depot, which is the boot camp in San Diego. And uh, from there, uh, Camp Lejeune. No, no, I'm sorry. Camp Pendleton, North Carolina. Okay. California it was a
2: couple years it ago was a
0: couple of years ago I just uh anyway I, I know where it is in my head I'm just it's not coming out right uh, which was training in those days uh it was 1965 you knew where you're going when you joined and so it was a they had a, a shortened boot camp and everything into the camp Pendleton just to uh, uh ship out deploy to Vietnam and so then after 13 months in Vietnam uh, typically they, well, then they couldn't send you back unless you volunteered. So, uh, it was 13 months. And then what do they do with you? So, uh, uh, I went to, uh, Camp Lejeune, North Carolina. And, uh, from there, uh, it was on two different six month, uh, Mediterranean cruises, they call them. And, uh, there's a NATO agreement uh, for protection of Europe. The NATO countries, mm-hmm. uh, the U.S. would have ships and troops there in case there was an outbreak, you know, or an emergency. Mm. And so, what we did during those times was, uh, besides going in to have liberty and going to the ports, but the uh, main thing is we we trained with these foreign troops on their in isolated areas of their countries, and. Uh, Uh, so I had two of those and came back and basically my four years were up actually I got out a few months early because uh, I didn't have enough time left oh to the point to go somewhere I'd just be sitting around doing nothing so they they had an early release program okay I got out in April instead of August sure sure so that Hmm. that's the uh, the overview
2: yeah yeah, so just under four years, and that was... You know.
0: 1965 is when I went in. Sure. It was the big okay. build-up years. Uh, people now don't
2: Remember really know much about
0: Vietnam. But when I signed up, I think, well, at least in the fall, in my uh, senior year of high school, the uh, I think it was 75,000 in, in 1964. And by the time I went over, it was 200,000 troops there. It was the big buildup. Oh wow! Yeah, we're going to go over and win the war. So, uh, uh, it, it, yeah, those were the years. And of course, it kept building and it kept on till what seventy five. But mm-hmm. before sixty five, there wasn't a whole lot going on over there. You know, they had advisors and, and there were there were people there, soldiers okay. there, but not
2: not as many. Mm-hmm. Yeah.
0: Hmm.
2: Okay. Um, so you, you joined and weren't drafted, correct? Was that before right. the draft started or? It, or they were less uh, there
0: might've been a, I think there was a draft and, and the Marine Corps actually ended up drafting, which was very unusual. And of course that there, there's a whole different setting there of, uh, why people go in, you know, people are hoping to get the low numbers, you know, there were, uh, exemptions and, and, uh, I, I'd, I didn't uh wait or try to get out and I don't know if if you're going to get into you know why I decided to do that or not but but uh but part of that you know would have to go back to uh the times uh the culture of the time which I I think is different now it was pretty much cross american culture hmm. that uh you, it was you served your country in the military was a way to do it. And, uh, uh, and in my situation, I grew up in a little, uh, farm town in Iowa and, uh, I didn't have any desire to go to college. I didn't really like school at that time. And, uh, and that was an out
2: of mm. a
0: small town. And I say an out because there's nothing to do there, just farm work. Sure. And, you know, I didn't, really want to be a farm worker the rest of my life. I, I enjoyed working on farms, but and I wanted to go out and see the world. And uh my brother had joined the Navy and uh he wrote back and told me, he says, Don't join the Navy. So then I joined the Marines, he, says, he said, that's not what I meant. <laughs> <laughs> you know, so anyway. And and I wanted to uh I had this uh uh, uh thing, I guess, in my head. I I, I thought, well, I'm going to be in the best. I'm going to go over there. I'm going to be in the best. And of course, the Marines always say they're the best. And uh, so, and I, I think I'd still say that. <laughs> but anyway, sure. uh, I mean, as far as, you know, fighters and stuff like that. And so I wanted to be in the best. And uh, I think the, uh, the only thing in that time, being 18 years old, uh, it makes a big difference. And uh, I remember I had an older brother said one time, all this preparation, he said, he said one time, he says, Carl, you may not come back. You know, I didn't say anything to him, but it made me think about it. <laughs> yeah, I might not. I did not even thought about that. You know, there's a lot of guys that don't come back, but not me. Sure. I'm yeah. coming
2: back. You're, you'll live forever.
0: Well, yeah. I mean, invincible. Yeah. And, and that's, that's, uh, that's the age group. You know, I yeah. mean, how do, how do you get a. We uh, uh, used to say this when uh, there's this machine gun bunker on the top of a hill, and the sergeant yells over there, Hey, Carl! He went by last name, you know. Charge! Charge the hill! You know. And what do you do? You stand up and charge the hill. You get a 30 year old. Yeah. <laughs> hey, charge the hill! They look at him and say, <laughs> You charge the hill, I'll follow you, maybe you know I mean there's shooting bullets at us, you know, but at eighteen you're just invincible,
1: yeah, yeah,
0: so anyway, I don't know uh where we're going, but that was my my first uh that's why I went really, and uh, it, it was a mixture of things mm-hmm. and uh, and it's also a mixture which uh if we get into what I learned in the military uh the, uh, uh, part of the patriotism was God and country. You couldn't hardly separate them. So mm. I, I was brought up, I think it was just typical. I mean, you want to, it's almost like, <laughs> like a missionary service, you know, you, you, right. you, you go and do your duty or, you know, what, what do they say in England for King and King and ki- country, king and country yeah. or yeah, it was the same thing. God, God, King and country. maybe. Yeah. Right. God, King, and country. Anyway, uh. Uh, so, you know, and I was, I was a religious guy. I mean, I, uh, I, I grew up in the church and, uh, and that was just part of the deal. But I have a, you probably heard it, but you know, in those days they had, uh, plaques in the lobby of the churches, which is probably appropriate, but I mean, it had those who died in the service, World War II, and maybe some mm. Koreans were added on there. Sure. And so they had a, a listing because those were our parents' age. And because we always had a joke. Was it the morning service or the evening service?
1: <laughs> <You're>
0: right. Right. <laughs> anyway, uh, but anyway, so that was that was part of uh of the uh, th- there was 1965 at least where I was. You know, you, you think of Vietnam and all the protests. I I don't think they came until, you know, a couple years later. Mm. You know, when I went in, there was no. Uh, big protest we didn't it was still popular
2: sure when was that the same when you shipped back no okay so it changed just in it that changed 13 months
0: yeah it, it changed yeah I, I think it did and uh I, I i go look at the history books you know you had uh, celebrities and things and and uh a lot of conflict and it might be talking about the later 60s now but i was still in the military mm-hmm. by the time i got out in 69 uh, it definitely, definitely, had changed. And, uh, uh, you know, and there was controversial things. I mean, like Martin Luther King Jr. was strongly against the war. Mm, okay. Where Billy Graham and people like that, they were for the war. <laughs> you know, so, uh, yeah, it, it, there was a lot of conflict in those days. You know. Hmm. Yeah. Yeah. And that that would span over the the four years I was in.
2: Okay. So when you when you came back from your tour in Vietnam, mm-hmm. had, were, were tensions high already then? Like, did you have I uh, protest meeting the boat or,
0: oh, or no. the airplane? Or, okay. No, no. I, I not not that I recall. I mean, I didn't. Uh, come, in fact, I didn't in the whole four years experience anything like that. Okay. And and I know. I mean, some people disagree. I. I I did research one time on this because I was really uh, – uh, uh, the, all the things about how uh, soldiers and you know whoever, sailors were coming back were spit on and called baby killers. And I never had that experience. It may have happened. Mm-hmm. But looking back at old news – I did this a few years ago, articles. It may have happened someplace one time maybe a few times you know maybe San Francisco or something but it seems to me like it was a little you know the sentiment in the nation was let's get out of that war and sure. uh uh and I was ready for that by the time I was discharged Right. <laughs> and uh but the uh and, and started going to <laughs> gatherings and parks and stuff just see what was going on you know that's another story But 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 the war uh uh that's what I got out of it. That this was wrong, but the uh, uh, I, I didn't see that horrible stuff. Not
2: that mm-hmm. it didn't happen,
0: but I don't. It wasn't all through. You can't. Wasn't I couldn't find it. In news articles. Mm. Sure. Oh. So, cool. so I got out and went on with life. In fact, it was still 1969. Yeah, people were still. Uh, yeah, during during my time in it, if I wore, if I was hitchhiking, which did that more then, you wear a uniform, you probably get picked up for a ride. Sure, you know there was still the respect. So I would wear a uniform when I was in, of course, and uh, uh, because it, it helped get a ride.
2: Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Hmm.
0: Even yeah, with the protests, the protesters oh, okay. would they wouldn't pick me up. They probably wouldn't anyway.
2: Sure, <laughs> but those were probably more regional and out in the country or on the roads, people still had a respect for that.
0: Yeah, well, I was uniform. on freeways. Yeah.
2: That's probably still, to a certain extent, that's still the case now. Maybe not to the right. same level. Right. But right. there's still,
0: and, and part still of kind it, of
2: that dichotomy.
0: Though. Part of it maybe, be, and now this is good looking from the historical uh, thing, of course, wages were different. I suppose minimum wage... It's a fairly new thing, and I think it's about a like dollar an hour. But I also recall that we got seventy dollars a month, but it was plus room and board. So for a single guy, it was seventy dollars a month, a dollar an hour. wasn't too bad. But I, but it, but it, you could do better if you weren't in the military. So that was uh, it, military pay was a sacrifice at that time. And I've heard they get paid pretty well now, but I don't know. You, you know, there's a lot of benefits. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think that had been added on, but, uh, so then the, the combat pay in, uh, in a war zone, which, uh, I, I've talked to Navy friends all the, if the ship was in the waters, they got it, but th- that was pretty oh, good. Sure. Uh, that was pretty good, uh, incentive for a lot of guys. You make a little extra money. And of course, if you, if you lived, sure. <laughs> you yeah. know, which weren't going to get killed. That's the other guy. Right. Uh, if you lived, then, uh, you had a lot of money saved up. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Or I mean, you could. Some didn't. Yeah. In fact, yeah. I don't think I did. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> not not enough to make a difference.
2: Probably easy to lose it.
0: Right. Well, yeah. Yeah. I mean, there were things to do you really couldn't uh, spend it on much. Mm-hmm. And we didn't have U.S. currency there. They had those MPC, Military Payment Certificate. Cause, oh, cause of black, interesting. Okay. Black market. Sure. So we were paid in uh paper funny money, sure, like monopoly money, sure, but it was worth something to us, yeah, but if the Vietnamese got a hold of it, it was worthless to them, gotcha. oh well, they could probably trade things in country a little bit, but not much, you know,
2: and then you when you um went back to the states, you could convert it to dollars whatever, well, whatever uh, well, you no, had but it, they, they did you it for had you any... you left they did it before you left, sure, yeah, sure,
1: hmm okay,
2: um, so you mentioned that uh, Earlier, you mentioned you, you got all the way up to Corporal uh, while you were in Vietnam. You didn't, you didn't go above that? After, no, in, no. The, in the years afterward? A couple of years or three years? Well, two no, plus, I, mean, I guess.
0: Well, see, the thing of it is, and I mentioned it actually before we started recording.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah. The uh, uh, the Marine Corps, at least at that time, was very difficult to get rank. Mm, okay. They didn't give it out real easy. Corporal is, is an E-4. And uh, it was coming much faster. Uh, At that time, to get it in four years is pretty good. Mm. But the reason is, people made sergeant in four years. But the reason is, is because of the war. They they got killed, and so they they promoted people to that position. And so, uh, yeah, I I did pretty well. I mean, I I had friends that made sergeant. I didn't really care by the Mm -hmm. time it was ended anyway, but but my my time my time was end, but I made that in Vietnam, okay, not after, so I made it in the first year and a half or whatever right you know, and then then you just stabilize so uh that was that that was a marine corps ranking system
2: mm-hmm so uh okay, so would for example, if you had volunteered for a second tour, um would that have accelerated your yeah To a certain probably
0: uh, especially to basic sergeant Mm -hmm. then there's staff sergeant there's all these sergeants up sure but uh yeah probably would have it might have been part of the re-up program okay now just to give you an idea of where where i stood uh the lieutenant that uh interviewed me was my commander at the time when i was ready to come out he said well he says carl i uh uh you know i have to give you this little uh re-up speech it's just now, do you want to, I mean, the way he says, I know you're not going to, I'm going through a formality here. Right. <laughs> so, you know, cause I was pretty, as adamant as you could be in that situation without being disrespectful, they sure. they knew I, was, I wanted out. Yeah. Sure. You were, yeah. I was done. I, you know, I served my time. So, yeah.
2: Yeah. I've, I've talked to friends in the military and that's definitely a common um, uh, that's that's timeless, or at least uh, in that time frame. Right. That there's still if someone's getting out of someone's time contract is up, they still hear that speech, even though. Oh sure, con- I mean, commanders I mean, might that, know, that, you
0: know. I understand that. Yeah. Actually, I, I got a, a little story on that. Uh, when I was, I, I said that I was on a ship in the Mediterranean, and uh, I uh, <laughs> I went to the staff sergeant who was actually a couple but he was he was kind of the one in charge and the one that was real strict guy, guy you know. and I went to him one day and I said Sergeant Parker you know I know you, you have a lot of pull here you know what you say goes and I've got a suggestion and you get all the credit for it if he says when we get back to the states it's april and I get discharged in August. And what am I going to do from April to August? It's just costing the Marine Corps money. I'm going to sit around, clean my rifle, march around the parking lot, you know. And, uh, and I said, if you could just... Oh, he just fumed at that. <laughs> it was not two weeks later, these orders came through uh, over the, you know, whatever. Orders came through. Anyone who has been in Vietnam and has less than six months left or whatever it is upon arrival in Conus they call it mm, the sure. United States can be discharged if they want. So I, I smile, well, I says, Thank you, Sergeant Parker. <laughs> <laughs> and you know, in the Marine Corps, that's about as that's almost uh insubordination. Right. To, to talk to them like that. But uh but you know, I was what they call a short timer. right you know Yep, uh, I, I I didn't want to get kicked out. No, it's not worth it. I'll sit it out.
2: Sure, you know? sure.
0: <laughs> but I'll push the push the envelope.
2: Yeah, when you're short enough, you can walk under your bunk with a top hat. Right. Yeah. All those, little, all, those good, are, yeah. all
0: those little all those all those they had. Right. Yeah. Hmm.
2: Yeah. So so what uh, what civilian? You know, we have we have a obviously civilians have kind of an image of what military life is like, and, or especially in Vietnam, Mm -hmm. you know, what, what time in Vietnam was like, what would you say, what, what civilian perception would you say is the most accurate? Because, you know, we watch a movie or something, we're like, oh, well, you know, obviously a lot of that's fake or, or it's not realistic.
0: Well, I I think uh, Vietnam was the first uh, war that people watched in the nightly news. I mean, you've heard that. Oh, sure. You know, it wasn't something sent back and put on the newsreel at the movies.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: And uh, it, it, I, I think it's pretty accurate. I mean, people were getting shot at. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, the the booby traps, they call them booby traps, mm-hmm. you know, and uh, landmines and, uh, you know, out in rice paddies. And uh, it, it was uh, not a place... Once you got there, it's not a place you want to be. <laughs> you know, right. you're in a strange place. No, I was going to say 2,000 more than that. Six, 7,000, whatever, halfway around the world.
2: Uh, yeah.
0: yeah. Halfway around the world. And you could die there, you know. And, uh, I mean, that hits you when you get there. Mm. You know, go, uh, You know, all the training and everything, it's just like uh, now I'd be playing video games. I mean, it's just all kind of a fake. I mean, it's not, but in your head, it's not really sure. going to happen. You know, you, you learn all these little tactics and the, the the bayonet training, and you know all the things you're going to do. And but, uh, uh, as a matter of fact, uh, some are a little more than realistic. And I don't just mean the killing and dying, but when uh, the 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 first realization that I had that things were different. We uh, flew. They'd stopped taking boats. (laughs) You know, they started flying. Mm. We flew over to Okinawa. uh, Okinawa, right? And uh, uh, before going to Vietnam, that experience—if you can think about it—so you have these barracks. By the way, you know, they're just rows and rows of bunk beds, Mm -hmm. right? And all these guys are realizing. I'm going to die. I'm going to never come back. Mm. It was horrible. It was horrible. Uh, and the, uh, uh, I don't know what you call it, depression. But, it, of course, in the Marines, it was, drinking was a big thing anyway. But people just get drunk and just like, they had nothing to live for. Mm-hmm. I mean, I think it got better when they got there. And, you know, they got into a unit and the guys, you know. Something to keep their mind busy. But it's just kind of like. You're sitting there waiting to go into something. You have no idea what it is other than this death hole, you know, and I don't know what went different people's minds. I don't know. I, I just, to me, I just kind of, I guess I thought about it, but I just kind of observed it. I mean, you couldn't let you get down. You can't go home. There's no way to get out. Mm-hmm. There's no way to get out of it. So, <laughs> you know, yeah. and, uh, uh, yeah. So that, that, that was a memorable I mean I can go on with stories, but I mean it's a, they're not good stories. the memorable experience of that layover in okinawa and of course why did I say Okinawa Okinawa anyway uh, the uh, 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 yeah that was I think it was my first real glimpse of what was going on hmm. and, and for me, the uh, second one was, of course, it's typical. you have no say in the military. Uh, we landed in Chulai on metal plates and a sandy beach. And that first night there, they called out four or five names, and one of them was mine. <laughs> uh oh, <laughs> you know what, what's going on here? And that ended up being uh, good for me, but yeah. I had no—you uh, don't know where you're going because I, I was placed in the—they uh, call us military police, but the. Mm. Uh, Prisoner of war. Oh, okay, uh, okay. Uh, guarded and were part of the interrogator. We weren't the interrogators, but the uh,
2: associated with that effort. Yeah, sure. Now that okay. was a uh,
0: experience, and then and then we transported prisoners uh, in trucks to. Well, some of them were going home to their villa, the ones that were released, and then uh, some were going to execution. In fact, there's a picture, I haven't found it, I saw it years ago, of a Marine or soldier soldier uh, in Vietnam with a little short shotgun. That's what we carried, these little short barrel shotguns mm-hmm. for riot control type thing. Okay. And uh, with this big d- double hop buck in them. And uh, with, with this row of prisoners with uh, sandbags over their heads. That's how we transport them. Mm, sure. We put a bag over their head, tie it shut. And uh and that was that w- that was a anti war movement. Mm. They like that picture because oh, yeah. yeah, look what are we doing here? You know, well yeah. But uh, you know, this big bad guy with a shotgun, you know, and there's women and children in that line.
1: Okay, yeah. sure.
0: So in fact that's a whole another <laughs> maybe by experience there. Mm-hmm. But that is part of how uh how military life affected me.
2: Mhm. Sure. Yeah. No. Yeah. So, so, uh, was it all, uh, Vietnamese that were in the, yeah. So if, for example, if a soldier got drunk or something, was that, was he in a separate facility?
0: You know, you, oh yeah. Yeah. In fact, for a brief time, I was in the prison. I don't know how that worked now. I was looking back. <laughs> Uh, but it was the same unit type thing. Mm-hmm. And I was in the uh, compound for the American soldiers, but it wasn't for drunkenness. It was
1: oh, okay. mur- murder. Oh, okay. Th- things that they were going Serious. to
0: ship them back to the States for trial. And uh, uh, that that was a different experience. But the uh, but this was Vietnamese. And it was uh, in the first camp in Chu Lai there it was... Uh, uh, the South Vietnamese, and they picked them up for suspicious characters. Mm. Now, some would come in all wounded. They come from a battle.
1: Mm, okay,
0: you know they were prisoners from battles, and uh, and I, I can't personally verify it, but I had a lot of people say it. the ones that made it were the lucky ones because, well, I don't know. Well, somebody can come back and correct me on this, but the typical Marines would just throw them out of the helicopter.
2: They weren't oh, they, they sure.
0: prisoners. Sure, the, yeah. But the prisoners were very important to the war effort because they get information, mm-hmm. however little it might be, where the North Vietnamese were, where the Viet Cong, you know. And uh, yeah, and and so uh, that that was a uh, a, a bad situation. Hmm. The, the prison camp if for them because they had uh, – the hmm. the year I was there, they had a big – Hanoi Hannah and Peking Pali were the uh, radio hmm. propaganda, oh, yes. yep. Chinese propaganda. And they had all the latest hits of American music. You couldn't get that really on Armed Forces Radio. Hmm. They had good stuff. And they had news all slanted. We knew it was slanted. It was just horrible. Horrible. <laughs> but anyway, but they had this sweet talking girl's voice, you know. And boy, uh they kept saying July by July. And they had in, they had intelligence. They'd say, Oh, the uh engineer uh seventh engineers battalion is building a mess hall down there. Well, that's we really appreciate that because in July the North Vietnamese will be Oh and sure. I tell you what the security was so ramped up mm. before July, which nothing happened mm-hmm. and uh and they were bringing in uh fishermen without fishing license and anything and uh sure and unfortunately uh, i I just give it the briefy here when somebody and this is part of how the military changed my thinking is unfortunately. <clears throat> You come in, and the interrogation was not uh, – well, they told us that we didn't have to go by the Geneva Convention because these were non-military. Oh, civilians
2: or maybe insurgents or something. Yeah, there wasn't a
0: legal army type Mm -hmm. thing, right? But on the other hand, they had a whole plan that the International Red Cross came by to clean everything up it's kind of like okay
2: it's okay
0: but it's not really okay
2: we may need to make it more
0: okay yeah and i tell you these poor people uh it it, it was i mean torture in a usually non-marking way you know the little electric crank oh sure sure and uh and standing with your arms up and you know for days you know things like that Hmm. and then but the worst part is then it took an, usually another month after they were interrogated, and then uh, they get a little piece of paper when they left. Right, they take them back to their village, and the paper said, uh, "Marine Corps, sorry, we made a mistake." Hmm. And you know, we always said if they came in for us, they went out against us, and the food, the oh, food was sure. so bad. Uh, they would, these people were hungry; they wouldn't even eat it. Hmm. And it just it, it was purposely bad, you know it's just uh sure, yeah, you know, I don't ever come back here again, well, you know, but it, so you get a guy that doesn't have a fishing license and goes through all this torture, and hmm. you're held there, your family doesn't know where you are, of far as they know you're dead, and then you're just released, okay, you know that's it, it, uh yeah, anyway, hmm. but the uh uh the turning point. For me on that, on prisoners, was then I went to Da Nang. And I don't know if we turned Chulai over to the army or what, but I moved up to Da Nang. It was a bigger place. Because they had North Vietnamese uh, prisoners there. And these North Vietnamese were sailors. It's a whole story about they took a little PT boat out and tried to sink a U.S. in Haiphong Harbor and the, the... Jets blew them out of the water, and they were, they were survivors. And they, uh, but they treated them by the Geneva Convention because sure. they wanted to trade them for pilots. And I've looked back into the internet history stuff; they were traded for pilots.
1: Mm,
0: okay, and uh, and so they were treated by the Geneva Convention. Well, so it's totally different. And they they did everything they could. They would sing songs that were propaganda, you know, so the other prisoners could hear. You know, oh, sure. Yeah. But they had the system where you went to their commander and, you know, and so we had, uh, you know, one of the jobs was to walk in the compound with, is, uh, I, I think we carried a club, maybe not, in the compound and there's towers around with the guns. You know, so you had somebody in. Mm. Right. You, you, you don't carry a gun in the, where the people are. Right. And so, uh, but there's nothing to do. So we sit there and play chess and talk and. And uh, I got to know these guys. See, that's a mistake mm. in a war. Now I wasn't shooting them, but sure, <clears throat> sure. But to... in, in fact, I recently saw a movie. Maybe I saw it before. But my son brought it up. <clears throat> I think the name of it is To End All Wars. It's a story about World War II in a Japanese uh, prison camp that was really bad. I mean, mm. you know, the, you know the, the worst of the worst. Sure, and no genie
2: of a convention at all. Just
0: yeah, and they they. Uh, 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 I mean, no, it was really bad, they just shoot people, you mm-hmm. know, that type of thing, sure. And uh, and it turned around because this one Scottish guy turned the whole thing, he got the prisoners all to <clears throat> kind of at least act like at the beginning, like they really loved these guys, they worked hard, it changed everything. Hmm. Anyway, there's a line at the end in Scottish, they might use destiny a little different, we do, but it says, The destiny of war is looking. In your enemy's eyes, and seeing yourself, hmm, and that's exactly what was happening. I started saw, seeing these people as human beings. They had families. Sure. they were fighting for their country. Uh, they would do everything. You know, they had things. Uh, you know, I said one time you know, it was a line back then about, uh, <clears throat> "Well, North Vietnam. I mean, you're you're the aggressors here. You're attacking the South." And the guy just looked at me and said, "Now, where, where is your country? <laughs> Who's the aggressor here?"
1: Oh, oh, you know, right.
0: And I don't, I, I don't go along with their ideology, sure, I, anything like that. But as people, they were defending their country, hmm. and they had a civil war going on, and they were trying to stamp it out. And uh, you know, he said one time how many he gave the number in their army. I said, "You can't have that big of an army." He says. Everybody is a soldier. <laughs> he just gave the total population. Sure. Yeah. Sure. Yeah, but, but anyway, that's about all it did. I mean mm. uh, I mean I just started thinking and uh and one night this this is unheard of and uh, it didn't really affect well I guess it didn't. Uh I was in the tower with a guy and he says, Hey, just curious, if those guys went over the fence would you shoot him? Mm. That, that's that's an unheard of question. He didn't wait for an answer. He didn't want an answer. Sure. Yeah. In other words, it, I think he, he might have been the same way. It's kind of like, you know, what's wrong with these guys? What's wrong with us? You know. And so, those are things that really, really start affecting me while hmm. I was there. But there again, you serve your time out. I didn't. I didn't want to. Well, I mean, I could in that situation,
2: mm-hmm. you know,
0: because they didn't try to get out. <laughs> right, you didn't
2: have to make that decision. Didn't have to.
0: One of them had a cast on his leg, and they they left that cast on because he broke had a broken leg when he came, and they just he didn't need the cast anymore. They left it on so they wouldn't run. They figured they wouldn't leave anybody behind.
2: Oh, okay. <laughs> oh, so it was it was a pretty small group of.
0: Yeah, individuals, seventeen of them, I think. Oh, okay. Yeah. Okay.
2: I was imagining a larger, larger uh, prison, but yeah. Okay.
0: Oh no, no. And when I say prison camp, no, this is the one in Shulai, I mean, it was grass huts. It just concertina wire, you know, oh, razor okay. wire. was no, okay. out there. Nothing. This one actually had might it might I think this that one had chain link fence had a real fence. Okay. No, it, it, we're not talking about it. And they had little huts in there. Okay, There's no big sure. building because nothing was built up. So, uh, hmm. yeah, it was, it was a small group. The, uh, the, And this is another thing I am just thinking about. One of the North Vietnamese guys said, told me one day, he said, if, if we escape, we knew they were thinking about it, of course. Sure. And you see me out in the village or something, he'd shoot me. He says, because I'll have to shoot you. Oh. And you know, that, that really kind of hit me. It's kind of, what's this all about? You know, you sit there and play cards and play chess together. Hmm. But if I see you in the street, I'm obligated. I've got to kill you. Right. So you better kill me first. I mean, it was almost like the kind thing to say, Mm -hmm. (laughs) you know, don't hesitate. Right. Yeah.
2: He was. Yeah.
0: Yeah. In in a, in a kind of warped world. Hmm. It was a, nice thing to say (laughs) you know so that's kind of how i uh uh left vietnam Hmm. with those kind of thoughts
2: yeah yeah probably a pretty uh unique experience i don't think there were a lot of i mean i I don't know for sure but it seems like that'd be a small percentage of the soldiers over there
0: or doing that having having just being uh, military police in general well, in general, in bigger, in the Army or something, maybe in Saigon in my directing traffic or something. But sure. I, I, you know, that's 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 a, true. that's a very general term. But that's what it was there. That's what we did. Okay. We, yeah. They they called it military police platoon. It wasn't, we weren't a very big group.
1: Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. Yeah.
0: Because the Marines particularly didn't generally keep prisoners. Well, like oh, the, okay. See, the ones that were in the... Uh, I uh, talked about first the South Vietnamese, mm-hmm. then interrogate them and they turn them. O- they turn them over to the South. The South Vietnamese did the the, the bad interrogation stuff. Okay, so sure. Way our hands are clean, and then uh, and then they would ship them out, or they go to be executed is what they did. if They thought they were the enemy. Sure, and so and that was turned over to the South Vietnamese, and so the Marine Corps. My knowledge of they didn't really keep prisoners, but then they got those uh, North Vietnamese that the Navy picked up, and Marines is part of the Navy. Right. So we kept those guys.
2: Hmm. Yeah. Yeah, and it makes sense, too, because the Marines, they'd probably want, like, the more immediate intelligence, so whatever they could gather from the from Vietnamese. it was Vietnamese. For. Yeah, and then as soon as they got what little yeah. they could, they passed it on right. to...
0: Yeah, I think one of the first uh, interrogations I was as a kid. I don't know, maybe maybe 10 or 12 years old. And the interrogator, and that was a special field there, he was sitting there just talking to the kid, you know, where are you from and what you, oh, when's the last time you saw the North Vietnamese regulars, they called them? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Well, when have you seen the Viet Cong? Yeah. And they are just kind of just chit-chatting. And then this interrogator just, Cause they're smaller people anyway. He picked that kid up and threw him across the room. There's a big map out there, and says, "We know they were in your village. You're lying." Hmm. You know, I mean, it's all the the shock tacky. Sure, but, but that's sure. to get information. Mm-hmm. That's to protect our own side. Where the kid would say, "Oh, I've never seen those guys." You know, you know, and so they're they're trying to get that. And so that you're right. They just wanted information for now. You know how are we going to maneuver around? Where are these uh, two army groups uh, hmm. moving to? Yeah. Hmm.
2: So, so obviously your your experience in the military was many years ago. But yeah. now, if someone came to you and said, you know, an eighteen-year-old or a seventeen-year-old who obviously At 17 or 18, who listens to advice? Yeah. But if they came to you and said, hey, you were in the military, you know, what what kind of advice would you give me? I'm looking at joining, you know, the Navy or whatever. What what would be your advice?
0: Well, in general, it would be, well, my my first response is I I wouldn't recommend it. But it's not, there's not a war going on right now, of course. Sure. So it's not like you're going to go kill people today. But you are in that situation because you, you can't get out of it. I mean, you, you've you signed a contract, you know, military. Right. You're, you're going go you to can't just go, you're home go to the brig or the jail for uh, uh, AWOL or whatever. You can't just go home. You, you've committed. The uh, biggest draw nowadays, I think, is uh, training. You know, we'll, we'll train you. Now, I found, at least when I was in, uh, they certainly lied about that mm-hmm. you know uh, we had a guy aviation guarantee you know you join in the military these guys signed up when I was there that they were sure. guaranteed they'd be in uh, marine aviation of course they weren't college so they wouldn't be pilots but they were going to work in aviation they put that off of course you had to go to Vietnam first oh that's fine print you know
1: right you know
0: after after this and then well after the, they never went
1: hmm.
0: never went And uh, that was a uh, disillusionment for a lot of guys. I didn't, I signed up, didn't have to offer me anything special. Sure, sure. (laughs) But, uh, uh, and and actually uh, weighing it all, you know, somebody who is in, uh, well, like maybe I was at the time, you know, there was no place to go and no jobs, you know, there wasn't any training, really. I mean, for me, but uh, it was something to do. But I you know, you gotta really weigh that out. But but my my main thing uh would be if someone said they were a Christian
1: mm-hmm.
0: that I'd say, Well, then, then then we can talk something. You know, you you can uh look at the military and say, Yeah uh, you know, well back to back to the deal. The the lifestyle I wouldn't recommend. The type mm-hmm. of people you're around, the uh uh, the mentality. I mean, but most guys aren't going to listen to that. Well, yeah, yeah, yeah you know. of course, yeah. But uh, and, and I didn't. In fact, I enjoyed that for a while. And uh, uh, but see, that that goes back to my Vietnam experience because uh, growing up in I mean, I I sent tithe money back to my home church. You know, I was involved, mm-hmm. and uh, but I started realizing. And this is why I'm getting into the the Christian aspect of it because I started. Well, I didn't start really. I said, you know, the, the ladies' prayer group back home praying for me in this war. I said they have no idea what they're praying for. This is mm-hmm. horrible. People are dying here, and we came halfway around the world to do it. Sure, and dest- destruction, and you know, I mean, just people's life. You know, all that war involves. But uh, but seeing it. I realized I had enough uh, Bible training to know this is not uh, Jesus loves me, this I know. This is not love your enemies, hmm. any of that. And, and so that time there, it was a time of uh, spiritual turmoil for me. It took 18 months after I was out before I really uh, became a Christian, mm-hmm. you know, for Jesus is Lord in my life. But uh, uh, because I had a lot of things to work through on that you know, I was ready to reject it all, hmm. and uh, uh, so the uh, on the concept. If somebody says they're a Christian, and that can mean all kinds of things, sure, you know, yeah. to different people. Yeah, but if they're going to claim that, well, then then I would strongly dissuade them that because it's not the teachings of Jesus. Now I know, obviously, I grew up. People disagreed with that, but I uh, well, I wrote a little booklet. Uh, fifteen years ago, letter to my children about mm-hmm. God and country because mm. it was my sons were going, and they wanted to know about this, and then I that booklet went out uh, for a few years to military people and things, but it's a scriptural back backing mm. for non-resistance, sure. Which
2: in general or just military? What do you mean by non-resistance?
0: Yeah, well, it, it because because it was my testimony. Well, no, okay. it was in general. That's why I named it that because it uh, non-resistance is a way of speaking now. It's like pacifism. Sure. But that has all different aspects too. To me, it's taking a person's a human life.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: I mean, there's a certain amount of self-defense and defending other people. But for a Christian to take uh, a human life knowingly and on purpose, I mean, you could accidentally do it.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: You know, somebody's... Attacking somebody and you club them in the head to stop them and they, they die. Well, I didn't mean to kill them. Sure. You know, I mean, you know, that's it, sure. a horrible thing, but uh, uh, but to have it as part of your theology almost, that it's okay to go out and kill people and destroy properties and stuff like that. That's kind of where I'm at on that in, in a very brief, hmm. general way. Yeah, yeah. But anyway, uh, so <clears throat> for someone who is a Uh, uh, professes to be a Christian uh, coming from the from the Bible and Jesus teaching then I would say uh, no I I don't believe you can and uh, a non-believer of course they go about their lives in a different way than their love sure they they may be loving people and caring people but but they're not following the scripture so
2: yeah different uh, different motivations right for, for their actions right even though the actions themselves might look similar. Um, they have different reasons.
0: Right. And, and you know, you could be in a field that doesn't do any of the killing, a, a supply place or something. Mm-hmm. But I, I would think, it doesn't be my opinion, as a Christian, well, but you're part of the process. Mm-hmm. You're there. Someone else goes.
2: I see what you're saying. Yeah.
0: So... uh that about covered that. Yeah, yeah.
2: Especially now, excuse me. Especially now that uh, there's really no draft anymore. Right, it's a lot more of an individual decision. Right. Whereas in the past, you know, if someone was drafted, um, you know, there's famous stories of conscientious objectors or whatever. Right. Um, but now it's it's entirely up to you. Right. You can be. You choose to go there.
0: Yeah, I can't imagine a draft coming back, but you never know. Yeah. I, who knows? I, I don't know why. They would want somebody who didn't want to be there. But once you're there, you're fighting for your life, so I guess you got <laughs> you there. <laughs> you know, when I uh, when yeah. I went to, uh, at, it's eight, it's 18, isn't it? Is it 18 or 17? For the draft? No, yeah, when you uh, sign. Oh, for the. What do um, they call it when you sign up? Uh, you just tell them you're available. I mean, you're, see, you're alive. Yeah. Well, anyway, there's a word for it, it. Yeah, it's something to do you know, with Everybody's that. supposed to it. I think it. it's 18, though. Yeah, everybody's supposed to do it. <laughs> And I went to the county courthouse, and, and the lady asked me, are you a conscience objector? And I said, what's that? I had no idea. Mm, sure. You know, here I grew up in church. Well, oh, what's conscience? she not someone who uh, didn't go to war for religious purposes. I guess I'm not. <laughs> well, yeah, sure. Picked up on that one real quick. Huh. But I yeah. wouldn't have any support, but <laughs> sure. you know, to prove it. But, sure. Yeah.
2: Yeah. Um, what, of all the experiences you had in the military, mm-hmm. both both over in Vietnam and also, you know, in the Mediterranean and yeah. training and all that, what what experience um, would you say impacted you the most? Not just then, but also through the rest of your life. Or what, what experience had the greatest impact on you, I guess?
0: Well, that's probably why I went into that. Uh, just because it's natural the experience really was that Vietnam Mm -hmm. that Vietnam impact or the war impact and uh, it affects different people in different ways of course you know I mean there's people like me who go there and they come back and boy they're they're signing everybody up for the military and you know it's a great thing for them Mm -hmm. Uh, but it impacted me in a way it did and really changed my life you know the whole direction in a lot of ways Well, and for one reason is those were steps to actually seeking God and and finding Jesus as my Savior. Mm, Right, Uh, right. The other uh, impact, I think, would be, which I would say, to me it was a negative. And I'll tell you why. I want to think of a couple examples, right? Uh, Because it's hard sometimes to say, well, this regimented... uh, a hierarchy of classes of officers and things, you know, you can say it, but but I, I have a couple examples. One was uh, when we were in the Mediterranean, uh, we were uh, playing these little war games with Turkey, and the whole plan was a 10 day deal. So, you know, what we it's all planned out, right? Sure, so we hit the beach off the ships in these little uh boats, proper boat, you know, like like World War Two. Mm-hmm. hit the beach, you play your games, you got blank, you know. So you're popping noises here, and uh, and the Turks are up there, and it's, it's planned okay. that they're going to retreat. They're learning from that. We're learning from you know that's, mm-hmm. that's the way it is. Yeah. So just training. Yeah, and uh, and so you hit the beach, and then uh, most of the guys play it like it's a real thing. The the ones in the first wave, they just lay there because they probably got shot, and then the second wave, they're the uh, cover. So you go up to their body. You know, oh, sure. It. Well, i tell you. So this is what happened, though. So we left the boat before dawn, and it was cold out there in the wind. And we call them uh, utility jackets. The Army calls them, you know, the green army jacket. Fatigue. Fatigue, yeah, yeah. Yeah, okay. Uh, but we, we call them utility jackets. Anyway, so we have that on. We have our backpack and our, you know, our... Uh, Bedroll and all our guns and stuff. And we hit the beach. We run up there. Well, by the time we get halfway up that beach, the sun is beating down. It is hot. Yeah. (laughs) So one guy had the audacity to take his pack off. And, man, some sergeant says, what are you doing? He says, well, well, I'm I'm, hot. I'm going to take my jacket off. Nobody takes her jacket off until the colonel takes his jacket off. The colonel's back on the ship.
2: Mm, Sure.
0: (laughs) You know, it's just kind of one of these, you think this this has got to be nuts. Right. right. And the same thing happened going back and opposite. He was on the beach. We get out there in that cold wind, you know, the water splashing over the deal and climbing up, you know, those ropes on the mm, you know, okay. those nets you yep. climb up, you know, play the holy game. And you climbing up there, somebody's on the boat, wants to put their jacket on, couldn't do it. Colonel didn't put his on yet. You know, I, it's just kind of like that to me is just rinky dink. Mm, I, I sure. Just, I, and so that has nothing to do with war. I just have to do it. I just can't live this lifestyle. And, uh, and well, and an officer could, there were occasions, uh, they give you a toothbrush and say, uh, you know, scrub my floor, my deal. You have to do it. Sure. And that was the Marine Corps. Yeah, I mean, I don't know if they all did that and probably didn't do it all the way across the Marine Corps, but, but uh, they were like, I don't say gods, but I mean, you had to obey them.
2: Yeah, yeah, their yeah.
0: authority was pretty. Very strong. And then another another rinky-dink deal. When I was on the ship, uh, I they found out I could type. Well, back in those days, not a lot of guys could type. Mm, and I took right. typing in high school because the uh, in our small community, rural community, the teachers they got were right out of college, and it was a good-looking college girl. I was teaching typing. I mean, kind of stupid, you know. So us guys all took typing <laughs> so right. we could look at her. Right. Well, we had to look at, anyway, whatever. Yep. So I took typing, and they uh, uh, they, they asked anybody could type, and I said I could type. And it was a great break because what does a Marine do on a ship? Mm. Nothing. Nothing. Yep. I a mean, calisthenics, you know. So I was in this office, and the some reason the, the desk was one long desk, and and it's all by rank. Everything's by rank. Mm. You the lieutenant, on the, on, he's on the left, and then you had the staff sergeant, and you had the sergeant, and you had the corporal, that's me, and then you had a private. And we're all typing. We just do our typing stuff. So one day, uh lieutenant said, uh, uh, hey, uh, Sergeant Parker, that's the same guy, right? he says, uh, sometime today, uh, you know, go down and get some, uh, Uh, typing paper from supply were a little low. Mm. Just a casual request. Mm -hmm. Sergeant Parker, we all hear this, of course. Yes, yeah. (laughs) He turns to uh, the sergeant, the guy I knew, I can't remember his name, but uh, Smith was say. he says, Sergeant Smith, uh, sometime this morning, you know, go down to, to, and he brings the paper up. He turns to Sergeant me he turns to me. Mm-hmm. Yeah, And he says, Uh, Corporal Meese, uh, why don't you run down and get some paper from the you know, now, right? Right.
2: Right. So the the time the time frame at, is shrinking. The only
0: thing that changed, yeah. You know, anyway, and everybody could hear it, but the sergeant couldn't talk. So there's a, a private next to me. Right. So I turned to him and I says, Hey, uh, mm-hmm. You know what you gotta do, don't you? <laughs> it's kind of like, you know, I mean, the, uh, the lieutenant couldn't talk to the private. He talks; it has to go down the chain of command. Sure, sure. You know, I mean, to me, those are just things that uh, it sounds funny, but people live like that.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Or in uh, uh, North Carolina, when the uh, uh, in the fall came and it got cold. And the the barracks were cold. Yeah, cold for then. Mm-hmm. And uh, and so people had, well, let me turn the heat on. Because, oh, no, the heat goes on on November, whatever. That's when the heat goes on. It doesn't matter how cold it is outside. And right. the same thing in the spring. You know, hey, I want to turn the heat off. Nope, the heat goes off on a certain day. It's kind of like, Oh okay
2: pretty regimented
0: yeah regimented that's the word yeah and i i guess i'm not that kind of a regimented guy and some people like that
2: mm-hmm. yeah yeah yeah
0: I- and, and and discipline uh hit that one mm-hmm. you know military discipline a lot of people mm-hmm. think it, it's a wonderful thing and and uh it, it it sure looks that way i mean you just do what you're told but uh I realized in there that it's it was not a, uh, it doesn't really promote, it could, I guess, to certain people, a self-discipline. Mm. You know, you can have, uh, I know one guy, I didn't know him in the military, but he was in for 12 years. So he had to be, had to be everything uh, nice, and in order, everything in order when he was in.
2: Mm-hmm. But he
0: got out. In his real life, this guy was the extreme slob type guy. You know, trash and, you know, stuff like that. And I said, well, he he needed that. Mm. He needed that, I guess. But that's not really, maybe there's different words for discipline. It's not really discipline. To me, discipline is self-discipline.
1: Where
0: Mm -hmm. you do it on your own because you want to do it. And that can be trained into place, you know, by the outward. That's just another thing I didn't uh, – hmm. wasn't for me. Not that I'm that disciplined. Maybe that's why. <laughs> yeah. Anyway, hmm. so I – you know, that – so there's those the negatives. Primarily, I would say the negatives on my part were against the Christian testimony, right, the Christian mm-hmm. life. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. For non-Christians, uh, you can – talk to people who think it's great and things that don't think it's great you know sure
2: yeah on the on the discipline thing you'd mentioned uh earlier beforehand um, you you saw some people obviously there were a lot of different reasons for volunteering to go back to Vietnam oh, a yeah. second time but you mm-hmm. mentioned that um the the i guess the freedom in the combat zone
0: yeah, and that sounds kind of strange, doesn't yeah, it?
2: Yeah, yeah, but what what about that exactly?
0: Well, uh, in, in that uh, war, it, it's not the same now, but uh, you could only, I think Army was 12 months, Marine was 13 months. You had a 13-month stint, mm-hmm. and you had to volunteer to stay on. In fact, you had to volunteer to go back. That's why when I came back to the States, you know, I mean... They really, you're just kind of hanging out. I mean, we went on those cruises. that had to be filled, mm-hmm. and uh, but they had a lot of guys coming back, and uh, and when it got back, well, they, uh, well, I could have, I could have re volunteered, but to go back, you had to volunteer, and, uh, and you wonder why would someone volunteer, and un- unless you think it's the worst, uh, you know, perverse guys like killing people.
2: Sure. Well, yeah. Yeah. and and. There may be some there. Of there,
0: that. Are, there are people like that, mm-hmm. you know. They get into it and they enjoy that, and, you know, right? But I wouldn't put that on most. I think a lot of them. Uh, the Marine Corps is very spit and polish. When they're well in the Marine Corps guards and stuff, mm-hmm. you know, everything is like we're saying. It's very uh, perfect, and it doesn't fit for a lot of guys. Didn't really fit for me either, mm. but in a war zone it's not i mean if you had a uh a commander that was that way in a war zone very likely uh he'd be friendly fire you oh know? sure yeah. yeah yeah uh because because uh, they, don't, they don't they won't put up with it i mean it it could be that bad you know
2: sure they're dealing with life and death issues dealing they don't life really have and time death to- and
0: uh, you know it's uh, and and so uh, rather than come back to that, well, you know, you mm. didn't have to have the perfect haircut. You know, you didn't have to polish your boots. You know, was shine them every day. Sure. Well, you didn't have time for that anyway. But uh, And things were laxer, you know, even with uh, command-type things. You know, they weren't so strict because you had to get along. For one thing, you have to get along. Right. <laughs> you know? Right. And uh, so some... Some, uh, Well, that I would know. They, they stayed over for that. Now, me, uh, I figured, you know, I made it.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: I made it. I'm getting out of here. I don't care. If I, I don't, I'll put up with spit and polish. Right. You know, uh, it, it wasn't worth it for me. Even though the job I had wasn't the, the direct, it was, in a sense, we got shot at and we, you know, did things, but Uh, in transports and in our uh uh, perimeter guards and stuff, but it wasn't like through the swamp with a sniper shooting at you. Mm. Well, and and the trucks they did, but but anyway, it uh uh mine was for a marine was pretty safe, Mm -hmm. and uh so I I could have stayed over, but it just wasn't for me, and the other reasons too, Mm -hmm. you know, that I I just didn't like the war idea, but uh, you could uh you spend your time at risk of death. That's the problem. Mm-hmm. Everybody's, everybody's fear. And there's a couple bad instances of that is that, uh, and we're probably weren't a couple that you make it in your last night. You get sure. killed. Yep. Yeah. You know, that's a, a short timers fear. <laughs> so, uh, or the other one was you come back and you're crossing the street and get hit by a car. You know, yep. I spent all that time. Right, yeah. right, you know, it's, right. It's, it's, it's kind of a little paranoia there. <laughs> it went on. Uh, yeah.
2: yeah, Yeah. but then the same guy, like you were saying earlier, will charge a hill with bullets flying right. and not, not necessarily think much of it at, at that age and, and,
0: you're and right whatnot. and the situation you're in. Yeah. 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 Yeah, yeah it's a... It's a interesting uh life
2: (laughs) so did you keep in touch with any of the your fellow marines at the time i mean after you got out no was it just a done and and gone there's
0: a a reason for that we didn't have social media didn't have email Anyway, in any way and well i suppose if we had it we would have used it uh even pictures were you know now everybody's got a Mm. phone Sure. You had to, I had a camera sure. over there, but I I I just didn't take many pictures. What do you take a picture of? I mean, you're the guys. Mm-hmm. But uh, but anyway, but there are some, and I see pictures online. People did take pictures. Sure, but it had to be a special camera, and you had to carry it.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah.
0: Anyway, the uh, but Vietnam was not, and I don't know how they do it in Iraq and stuff, but uh, or did the. Uh, uh, you didn't really go over as units. You went over as a unit, but it was just uh, somebody would just rotate out, and you get a new guy. So your unit always had the uh, short timers and the new guys. Sure. And uh, so it was a kind of a constant move. Some people you got to know. In fact, it's all through really the Marines. Uh, and so I, I got a hold of uh, just through an old letter that my parent had written my parents. uh a guy who still lived in Moscow, Idaho and I got a hold of him and we just had a talk about old times. Mm-hmm. You know, he remembered things I didn't and I remember things he didn't. So that was kind of nice. Mm-hmm. And then, uh, another one, uh, when I was discharged, you know, finally I was on the boat with a guy sits on the only place I knew He was on that boat. He'd been to Vietnam same time. Oh, sure. Yeah. But but different we're in different, area. yeah now we're in a different unit. Mm-hmm. All mixed together. Yep. And, uh, And I got a hold of him uh, through Facebook a few years ago, Mm. you know, so I kind of know what happened in his life. That's it.
2: Hmm.
0: Yeah. And we never knew each other's first names.
2: Oh, okay. Sure.
0: Uh, Very, very few. Uh, The last name was your name. It's probably still that way. Mm -hmm. But, uh, you, you know, so when you socialized, you just called each other by their last name. Right. Now, that's maybe easier to track, but... There's a whole lot of Smiths and Joneses, and yeah. you know, yeah. nationwide.
1: Yeah, yeah. Hmm. So
0: that that's why, uh, that's why I didn't have contact. And and then of course that was it. You you're done. You're on with life. You know.
2: So while you, while you were over there, or while you were in a particular unit, there was that camaraderie of the unit. Oh yeah, but not it didn't necessarily continue after. No, because when, you moved to another unit, it was because when I left,
0: just a new guy came. Mm hmm. Sure. So it was just, so it was, it was, well, constant. I mean, you could know somebody for a while. Mm hmm. But it wasn't, we were just talking a few months, really. It was all less than a year. Yeah. No. Uh, actually, in Vietnam, the ones I knew the, the best were the ones that, uh, those names that were called out that night. Because oh. we got there together. But we didn't all stay together because I think two of them, this is, this is the mentality. I don't know. It's hard for me to imagine now. They they said, hey, no, I came over here to fight a war. And so they volunteered to go mm. with the other units, which which we were, I'd run across them sometimes. Hmm. We'd be in the back of a truck mm-hmm. with prisoners and yep. these guy's marching down the road. Hey, you know? And you know what, you know what they always take all they had to talk about? Yeah, you know. McCullough, he died on Hill 57. Mm. You know, they, they just tell you hmm. who died. <laughs> you know, oh yeah, okay, thanks.
1: Yeah, that and was a the give you
0: some details about it, you know. Mm. And I said, I don't know if I really want to volunteer for that. I mean, if they send me there, I'll go. Because mm-hmm. that's that was that we we're trained, you know. Sure. I'll do it. I, I plan to do it. But I, I got this little spot, you know. And uh, but not everybody's like that. They, some of the guys struggled with that. You know they, uh, you know they struggle with that. And yet sometimes you talk to a Vietnam vet, and you actually you talk to them a while. They really weren't much. In the, they weren't weren't much in the war. Mm. You know they're like in Saigon or something. They, sure, you know, they had some office job or something, You know whatever. I don't know, but uh, it's kind of interesting sometimes. Hmm. Yeah. Because that's what was expected. You're going to go over there and you know stomp through rice paddies.
2: True, yeah, that, yeah, yeah, that that's a good point. You have you kind of have a perception of what you're going to go do, and then maybe you do something right. different.
0: Right, right. <clears throat> I, I I suppose some go over with that, but the Marine Corps is basically all infantry. I mean, they have something. Sure. I mean, even sure. the medics are corpsmen from the Navy. Mm-hmm. So they're Navy. And, uh, uh, I mean, there's truck drivers. There, there are jobs. But, you know, there's artillery. I mean, it's still kind of inventory. Mm-hmm. You know. Yeah. Yeah, by and large.
2: Hm. So, um, what... Kind of on the civilian perception of of military life. What what uh what civilian perception that you're aware of that's not correct? Would you like to see? Would you most like to see clar- corrected or clarified? You know, like like uh, yeah.
0: Well, uh, and like I say, it it's probably uh, the military likely is somewhat different now, but the main purpose sure is, isn't. And I think, uh, the at least on the recruiting effort and, yeah, all the <clears throat> advertising, <clears throat> they're really uh, recruiting on getting education and we'll train you to do this and do that. And that may happen. But that's not really the purpose of the military.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Now, it also has the other flip side. It, it, it seems like if you're recruiting – and building something up, you say, "This is what we really do." We have these extra jobs that you're not shooting people, mm. and we hope to get you one. You know, were trained to do that, but uh, and, and and the flip side is, uh, it seems like there's a. I read an article one time called "The Cult of the Uniform." Hmm. It kind of kind of explained it, uh, and, and of course, there's people who are anti-military. Mm-hmm. Right. But uh, but for the military uh, uh, people, it's just it's just you wear a uniform and you're a hero. Well, you got a job. Mm. You know, I mean, there's long-haul truckers that have gone from home for weeks at a time, and they make that sacrifice. You know, I mean, the sacrifice today... Now, if they go to a war, well, that's a different deal. Sure. But, I mean, just because someone's got a uniform on doesn't mean, I mean, there's not a whole lot of war going on now, which is a good thing. You know, that's a mm-hmm. real good thing. And, uh, but, uh, so, and, and people I've talked to that are in the military, they just have a job. They they, they go to work every day. They get up at 8.
1: Mm. Uh-huh. They go to
0: work at 8 o'clock. We have a lunch break. They get off at 5 o'clock. And, uh, I mean, that, that's not how, maybe that's the way it all is now because it's non-war time. See, I, my experience was in a war time. And, uh, uh, but does that make someone a a big defender of freedom hero? Mm. Maybe they got a job, and I you know critics would say, well, maybe they couldn't get a job someplace. Well, that's fine. Now you got a job there, you know. Uh, but
2: sure, just because their job involves a particular set of clothes. You're you're saying that doesn't automatically make what's well, this big you know.
0: sacrifice? Mm-hmm. Now the sacrifice would be that they signed a two or order a four year contract. You can't get out of it. Mm-hmm. So I mean, there's there's that, but but for the most part, most military things now are just a job, and I don't know what the pay is. It might be comparable with mm-hmm. benefits. Might be sure, sure. Oh, so, uh, yeah. I, I think that's kind of mis- Represented, and of course, it's it's a promotion for joining. Of course, right, right,
2: yeah. And I think that's still. I mean, like you were mentioning when you joined, that was one of the selling points. And from what I've heard, that still is. You know, the free college or whatever. Um, Well, that was a a a slight one when I joined.
0: No, it was a war going on. You knew where you're going. Sure. Yeah. True. Right. That's true. Yeah, I, I think that's more so now. Because it's all volunteer, and you got to talk people into coming in. Mm-hmm. I mean, they do have a problem. You know? Yeah, yeah,
1: hmm.
2: yeah. Back then, the education was maybe more: we'll educate you and how to do this or
0: that. Yeah, well, yeah. The cool one job, the one was Aviation Guarantee. Mm-hmm. They would, they, we would, so it was there, but it wasn't a big flashy deal. They just wanted bodies.
1: Mm-hmm. Hmm. Oh,
0: yeah. Then when. When a war is over and then they got all these guys that signed up, I mean, they're in, Mm -hmm. well, when they, when they go out, then you got to fill something. I mean, how are you going to get them in there? Mm -hmm. It's not going to be as a glory of war. (laughs) And I don't know if I went for the glory slightly. Sure. Sure. Yeah. At 18, you know, it's definitely a draw. Yeah. I'll be a hero.
2: Yeah, I'll come home and people will look at me different. Yeah, yeah. that's that's Mm -hmm. for sure. Yeah. Hmm. Yeah. Well, that's. It's good to hear kind of the historical. I mean, reality that was quite a few years ago. That was you know that was, fifty some years ago. That's really a kind of historical. Right. Not a lot of people have that experience anymore, or were around it then. So it's good to hear that right that viewpoint
0: and, and even the wars are different believe it or not mm-hmm. in 50 years sure they're for sure you know with cell phones and texting and i suppose they do that there you mm-hmm. know and i don't know what they do at night or you know if they have a mcdonald's nearby you know <laughs> I, I don't know i don't know yeah
2: yeah the the experience probably has a lot of similarities right but also there's a lot of differences right in in the day-to-day yeah Living and everything. Hmm. Yeah, yeah. I appreciate that. Thanks for thanks for coming on and sharing and just yeah. Been I, I just kind of got
0: talking. I hope it. Yeah. Filled, no, filled I, that up, that's, that's great.
2: Yeah. I, I I mean I really enjoy hearing it, and I've always enjoyed history, but it to hear it, you know, from the horse's mouth, so to speak, really it, gives it a personal. Uh,
0: yeah, it's hard approach. to believe for me that mm-hmm. it's that far back. For sure. Yeah. And, and, and the, well, it kind of is not hard to believe because it's a long time. But what, I guess what really what's hard to believe for me is that there's, I don't know, a large part of the population weren't there. Right. Right. They and weren't there during it.
2: Yeah. So you yeah. have a unique experience and unique yeah. insights that, like me, for example, has no no memory of.
0: Right. Yeah. yeah. And so, all you do is go by well you, you can go by old news and things, you know mostly you hear about the uh uh protest and the anti war movement sure,
2: yeah, that That's was a, definitely a big
0: because a big it became a big deal, times. yeah, and whatever someone wants to say about it, it did get us out. that sure. movement did get us out, sure, and i mean I, there, were, there were some bad things done and but the whole idea is what are we doing there?
1: Mm-hmm.
0: And that's that's the lesson, <laughs> I think, for hmm. this gen every generation is. You go to war. What are you going for? What, what are you? Why mm. are we there? And uh, Vietnam? Good question. Well, if I asked, and I've done that, I've asked uh, younger generation, what is the Vietnam War about?" They don't know. Mm. Well, right. Of course, there's always. The real reasons and the presented reasons. And of sure. course, the presented reason was, in case people don't know, uh, they call it the domino effect. Stop communism. See, communism mm-hmm. China, you China, know, North Korea, and you know, they try to get all of Korea. And now it's Southeast Asia, and <clears throat> it's like a domino. they going to get us next. Right, right. Well, you it got us involved and then so we got a <clears throat> a democracy in the south that we propped up mm-hmm. of course, it was it was known to be corrupt but it's better than communism well maybe it is better than communism <laughs> but anyway uh, uh, and so we supported the rebels in the south what it was and unfortunately I, I, unfortunately for today you know they lost mm-hmm. so it is communist hmm. but uh <clears throat> uh, but it, but the dominoes stopped. Hmm. <laughs> so we w- war-wise, and we get into politics or something. Sure, you know sure. It is spreading. Uh, the socialist communist idea is definitely spreading, but just not in that way. Maybe they learned a lesson or something.
1: Mm-hmm. Hmm.
0: But uh, that that's basically what the Vietnam War is about. Now, <clears throat> when I was, I've been back over there uh, to smoke a Bibles in, and uh, uh, I was told there that it was for the rubber. Mm. See, they have huge Michelin rubber. That's mm-hmm. where the French were there. Oh, well, they got sure. rice. They got rice too. And I don't know, rubber's worth something. Mm-hmm. You know, you control the rubber. I don't know. Seems like a crazy thing to go to war for. I don't know who, don't know who made money on it, other than arms uh-huh. people. But sure, uh, it, it's 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 a real confusing one. Unless that is true, it, people are dedicated to stopping communists.
2: Thank you for listening to this episode of How I Embraced the South. If you enjoyed the show, tell a friend. And as my Girl Scout den mother used to say, stay frosty. paper to make notes or or anything I don't think so
0: or any I'm just really kind of winging this okay (laughs) (laughs) you know I I don't know that might not be good